This is the Two-Tone Uncensored Podcast. Hosts Matt McCrone, Brian Moreland, and Glenn Lotzenheiser talk everything Tennessee Titans. This show is made for the fans of Bleed Two-Tone Blue. Justin Hartwig, and you're listening to Two-Tone Uncensored. Hey everyone, this is Ryan from the show. Real quick before we start, I just want to say thanks to everyone who's been listening. This is episode 52, marking one year that we've been doing the podcast. So just a special thanks from us here at Two-Tone Uncensored to everybody who's been listening to the show and participating in all the stuff we've been doing. Uh, special thanks. We hope that this year's just as fun as this last year's been. Tighten up. This is Two-Tone Uncensored. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Moreland, with me tonight, the brand new owner of a kick-ass keychain, Matt Necrone. How you doing, Matt? Dude, keychain, towel, shirt, flag, I got it all. And also joining me, the Okie from Muskogee, Glenn Lotzenheiser. What's up, Glenn? Well, I got laid today. Seriously. I got my uh, Titans <laughs> lay in the mail, so I'm good there. Last wow. week you were talking about how we couldn't make the blindside joke about Michael Orr, and you come on first joke of the show is I got laid. Yeah, absolutely. The <laughs> uh, Michael Orr joke had already been made like eight thousand times by then. In oh, just and that the week. lay joke is that one you came up with? But it's not daily. <laughs> I did come up with it back in uh, what was it like seventeen fourteen? I was the first yeah. guy to go to Hawaii back when you were in high school with Mozart. Exactly. <laughs> We uh we're gonna get into the show here. We're gonna do a AFC South division breakdown. Take a look at these other teams in the AFC South, our rivals. Um, give some thoughts on what what we have to look forward to this year from these teams. Uh, before we get there, we don't have a mailbag this week. Uh, we just couldn't get one together. It was a little late, so we promise that'll be back next week. Uh, this week we're just gonna bring you the news. So jumping right into it, guys. First thing up is former Tennessee Titan. Jason McCourty is likely to sign with the Cleveland Browns. It looks like that is uh, pretty much a done deal that it's going to happen. So what are your thoughts on this? For me, uh, I don't have much to, to say about it other than he's likely to sign for two years on a $6 million deal, which that's something we probably could have done and should have done. But other than that, that's that's about it. Well, he wasn't willing to take a pay cut to come back to us, so. No, at but least you would rather go. You'd rather go to Cleveland. If Man. you're at the end of your career and you had one too many hits to the head, I guess you go to Cleveland. Yeah, it, it's Cleveland's a place where Bill Belichick sends players to punish them. So why he would choose to go there, other than that was the only place that would take him, I don't know. But at least over there, he's not the number one corner. You know, he's got Hayden on the other side of him, so he, he's getting your second best guy. That probably works out pretty well for him. It gives him a chance to have a good season. Is uh, Greg Williams their D coordinator? Is that why? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably why then. <laughs> yeah, I was right. going to say that. It's probably a big reason why. Um, I really think the biggest reason is I don't think anybody was else was offering him $6 million. You know, I, I don't think Tennessee was reaching that price point, or he would have stayed for, for a little bit less. I think Tennessee's price point was probably closer to the 4 and a half mark, especially with, like, the recent injury history McCourty's had. You know, that – 
is a big bullet to bite if it's six million a year for a corner that you're going to get, you know, eight, ten, twelve games out of in two seasons. So I mean, I wish them the best of luck. Obviously, the Browns. You have to say they're up and coming because they can't get much worse. I mean, I guess you could go and lose every game, but chances are they're getting better. They have a, a shit ton of draft picks this year. They have a shit ton next year. So they're going to get better. You know, maybe he'll be there long enough to see that happen. Uh, who knows? But obviously wish the best of luck for McCourty. But I just I don't think, you know, this late in your career, you kind of want to try to get that ring before you get out of the game. And going to the Browns is not the place to get that done. I'm actually shocked he didn't go to New England. I don't know why he didn't, but apparently there was, uh, they don't want to pay him either. But I thought that was definitely going to happen. And I was wrong. Do you think this could be a case where the ring wasn't as important as the price point? I guess. I mean, I know he just had a little girl, so um, not just, but you know, he's got like a two-year-old, I think. So financially, that might be on his mind. He's probably already living in a pretty big house, and I'm sure he has bills. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not hating on him. He, if you can get the most money and go to a, a team that's probably not going to take you anywhere, for me, uh, if I've spent all my years on the Titans for all the bad years that we've just had, you know, financially may be the best way to go. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is would the Patriots have even brought him on board? You know, they've completely revamped and spent a bunch of money on their secondary this year. So whether or not he could have even got on the team to go get that ring, I don't know. Uh, obviously, his brother would have liked him to be there. But, you know, maybe you know, he's only got a couple years left. Maybe he didn't want to go play for $2 million. You know, when, when he's got a chance to go make six, and this will be his last contract anyway. Right. That's what we said. You know, I mean, it's you a have, business decision. Right, and it's, and I think everybody wants, like, as a fan, you think, like, oh man, but the ring, the ring, but it's like, and I understand that, and you know, the ring was obviously a huge uh, factor. You want to go out there and you want to get one before you retire, but you know, a Super Bowl ring doesn't put food on the table. A Super Bowl ring doesn't pay the mortgage on a mansion, like. You know, you have to get the money at a certain point. And, and he has been paid really well, but maybe this is just he knows that his time is about to be up. You know, get one last big payday while you can. You He's know, really right. not that old, though. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt these next two years, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to another team for a year, you know, wherever. Now, I mean, he's looking gassed out already this season. So unless he gets completely revitalized, he probably is, you know, a couple of years and then just can't get a job. Right. Yeah, I think that – I mean, he's not ancient, but he's he does look tired. He's, he's often injured. He's older than his age suggests right now. So I don't see uh, a long career left for McCourty. Let's move on to the next thing here, guys. The Titans and Panthers have announced that they will be holding a joint practice in Nashville before their preseason game on August 19th. Any thoughts on this? For me, first thing I thought was, damn it, why can't they be doing this in Charlotte? It's only like an hour and a half drive from where I'm at. I'm actually going there in about 10 days. So that's something I would have went to for sure. But, of course, every time – it seems like every time we play the Panthers, it's in Nashville. And I'm just waiting for that fucking time where they come to Charlotte so I can go see them. Yeah, I mean, my thought was it's a chance to go interact with a, a well-coached team. You know, they didn't have a great season last year, but still, well-coached team. And, you know, a chance for Marcus to talk to Cam. And assuming he didn't have too many concussions last season, you know, pick his brain a little bit. 
right, so here's the the question that first came into my mind is who does Cam Newton get in a fight with? If it happens, who's the Titan that that is going to come to fisticuffs with? Avery, for sure. They already hate him. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, you know, either that or some young guy trying to prove something and just laying a late hit on him or something. Well, see, the thing with Cam is he doesn't fight other teams. He fights his corners. So. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, yeah. Well, you know, Vince Young, Donnie Nicky, it's it's a proven thing. I guess you just got to be a, a dumbass quarterback. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> It'll be cool to see what happens, uh, if anything newsworthy does happen. And like Glenn, I think you said, you're going to be around a well-coached team, and that obviously can't hurt. The next uh, piece of news here, guys, not nearly as lighthearted. Tajay Sharp and Sebastian Tretola have been accused of assault on a Nashville man. This happened on one of the nights of the draft. He uh, was hospitalized. If you've seen the pictures, very badly beaten by the look of it. Um, right now, Sharp and Tretola have yet to be charged. Any thoughts on this, guys? I barely looked into it. I don't know. I really don't have much of an opinion on this, whether they're they're guilty or not. I assume they probably are if they're getting named. But uh, another thing to add, and Glenn can touch on both topics, but uh, Antonio Andrews is a free agent, no longer a Titan, but he actually was accused of aggravated assault as well. But um, I, I don't I don't know if there's any league uh, disciplinary actions coming their way if they're found guilty. I assume there would be. But as far as that goes, I don't know if there's actually any concrete proof that they did anything. Again, if they're at this this spot where this guy got beat up, I'm sure that if they were named, you know, th- that that would be the popular person to blame those guys. But at the same time, they were probably there and they did probably do it. So who knows? I just figured it was another dumbass fan picking a fight with people. You know, they they weren't hanging around a bunch of Titans fans, so he probably said some shit he shouldn't have said. And- you know, the end result is you get your ass kicked sometimes. It's just the fact that this, these two guys have got some money and people know their names that you know makes it a big deal. I wouldn't worry too much about it. If they haven't charged them yet, they're probably not going to. You know what the best part is? And the only thing I know about this story is that uh, supposedly Sebastian Tretola was the lookout and Tantaja yeah. was the guy beating somebody's this, ass. So, so the big dude just stood there and watched, basically. Yeah, I thought that was funny part of it was like you have the three hundred pounder looking out for the guy that's like one ninety soaking wet. Well, probably because uh, he wouldn't fight the three hundred pounder. Right, that's I ain't just probably you. true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they're going for a civil lawsuit, so the guy's looking for money. No charges filed. Nothing like the police like have not been involved like at all in this investigation. Um, it's all being held in like a civil court, and it always makes me wonder when you see that when they're not going after the the criminal side of things and in a criminal court, it always makes you wonder how true it is. And maybe that's, you know, I'm not obviously a lawyer and I don't know that much about law, uh, but it always makes me wonder, like, how true it is if you're not pursuing uh, a criminal case, then it's either, like, you don't care enough to pursue a criminal case or there's not enough evidence to pursue a criminal case or not enough evidence, you know, to even charge these guys. So that kind of makes me feel like Tajay Sharp and Trey Tola didn't do it, but you know maybe that's just me again wanting it not to be true. Uh, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's 
no, nothing criminal is going to happen because they have yet to be charged. It doesn't look like this case is moving anywhere criminally, so they might have to, you know, give up some money. And this guy might be telling the truth. Uh, you know, he might be just seeking a, an easy way to get a few bucks. You know, I guess we'll find out. Have you seen pictures of the, the guy? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he was badly beaten. So, His face is all swollen up. So, like, that should be our next two two tone uncensored Facebook post. Is- yeah, yeah, we'll definitely put it up as soon as this show's released so everybody can see. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, he is pretty battered. And he definitely got the short end of a stick in a fight, that's for sure. The thing is, is if you t- if you talk shit and you get in a fight outside a bar, what kind of pussy turns around and starts suing people? This is the world we live in today. Well, because where you can't to... have a good old-fashioned bar fight without suing somebody. <laughs> My granddad always used to say, don't write checks with your mouth that your ass can't cash. Well, he it's wrote just, him with his face, and he right. couldn't catch that shit. Like picking picking a fight with professional athletes, that, that very rarely is going to go your way. Right. This is Glenn inviting everybody for when this show takes off, and we're going to become millionaires. Go pick a fight with Glenn. He will fight you. You'll be able to take half of everything that he owns, which won't <laughs> be much. But yeah, uh, come come on over. I got gloves. We can go out back and you know do what we got to do. The Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, last piece of news we have here, guys. Uh, Johnu Smith has signed. That makes the uh, five of the nine draft picks have signed. He joins Corey Levin, uh, Josh Carraway, Brad Seaton, and Kalfani Muhammad as the ones who have signed. So it's still, you know, a lot of focus on the early part of the draft. But you see the guys that ha- they have signed. I think it's their strategy to knock out the guys at the back end and work their way towards the front. But obviously, good news, we got the young tight end signed. Yeah, I think nowadays it should be a piece of cake getting everybody signed. I don't I don't know why anybody would really hold out unless you just have a huge asshole for an agent. Um, but <clears throat> the way – yeah, well, I mean, the way well, – he's an asshole too. But the way it's set up is uh, pretty team-friendly, and, and there's really no reason to hold out. So I assume everyone's going to sign on time. To make it clear, this is a question, they all are for four years, right? Or is there? There's always that fifth year option on the first rounders. Oh, okay. So they're all for four years, though. Everyone else, I believe so. I believe, yeah. Well, uh, the second and third rounders. I, the, I'm not sure about after that. It may be you know two or three years, but you know whatever it is, the the deal is you know you know what the amount's going to be. It's always a question of the, the Titans have done this in the past. They had issues with Marcus uh, when they got him signed. Just the offset language the Titans want, where they're not responsible if you do something stupid in the off season. You know, they always want that to be in there. Uh, they want to keep you from going out and doing certain things like, you know, surfing and getting bit by a shark. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- they're going to put that kind of language in there. And I think that's why they wait. They start with the easy guys first, because if you're a seventh round pick, you're going to sign whatever it takes to get that contract signed. If you're the first round pick, you've got options. So I think, I don't think they even try to do the first rounders until they get done with everybody else. It just seems to be the way they work. They always this this team always starts off with the low rounds, and works their way up, and then you know other teams will sign the whole draft class that first week. Right, Glenn, you bring up a good point. I think a lot of people, as soon as they hear a guy hasn't signed a contract, they automatically assume it's a money thing. But most of the time with these rookies, the price point's fixed, so it's it's language. It's the language of the contract. Like Joey Bosa last year is the language. Doug, you brought up with Marcus. They wanted to put in this contract that he couldn't surf. Marcus did not want that because obviously 
he likes to surf. It's something he does, you know, to relax, something for recreation. Uh, but they didn't want him to get hurt. Um, so they tried to put that in his contract. That was the problem between Marcus and the team. I don't even remember exactly how it landed, if the con- if the language was in there or not. But that's the only thing, really, with these rookie contracts that's going to stop you. And we didn't take guys that have really any character issues. Those are the ones you normally run into problems. Like if it, you're not allowed to go out to bars, you have a curfew, stuff like that for guys that are troublemakers. But we didn't really sign anybody or draft anybody like that, I mean. So I don't really foresee it being an issue. Bosa, his deal was the the Chargers didn't want to pay him all the money up front. They wanted to split it and do a big chunk of his guaranteed money the second year. So that, that's kind of that, that's where it comes into. You're going to get that money. It's guaranteed. Uh, it's a question of how quickly they pay it all out and that kind of thing. That, that's what usually ends up delaying it. It's when do I get my $5 million signing bonus? You know, with, with the Bosa situation, it, it was about money, and it was just how much money does he get today versus next year because the Chargers were worried about him being motivated. And then, you know, like you said with Marcus, I, I don't know how that worked out either as far as if they left that clause in there or not. I think I seem to remember it being something like he could surf but only during the off season or something like that. But with, when you're living in Nashville, you're not going to get a lot of surfing chances anyway, so not a big deal. For anybody who's like a fan of the show listening, if you know exactly how that worked out, hit us up. This is like the reverse mailbag. Since we don't have the mailbag, we're asking you. If you know how that, that contract worked out, just out of curiosity's sake, I'd like to know. So, you know, find me, Matt or Glenn, and let us know exactly how that contract worked out. But that's all we have for the news this week. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back... We're going to jump into these division rivals and tell you what we think of what they've done in the off season, where we think they're going to be at the end of this upcoming season. So we'll be right back. Time to pay the bills. Some quick ads and we'll get right back to the show. Hey Titans fans, you've probably heard us talk about the group page several times on this show, and I'm sure you're wondering what we're talking about. Tennessee Titans Uncensored is a Facebook group page that was built by Titans fans for Titans fans and was founded by our very own Matt Necron. If you're a Titans fan that's looking to talk about the latest Titan news, then this is where you need to be. And you can help me shit talk to crackheads. Because nobody likes crackheads. That is Tennessee Titans Uncensored on Facebook. Tighten up. Hey guys, you've heard us talk about Hang 10 Apparel before on the show, and if you haven't checked them out, then you're truly missing out. Hang 10 is the one place to find unique Titans gear that you will not find anywhere else. Whether it's a Maragoda hoodie, a Mahalo Etch Boy t-shirt, or Mike Keith's Music City Miracle Call on a sweater. There are no flags on the field! It's a miracle! The only place to find it is Hang 10. Just go to hangtn.com to find all this great gear. And while you're there, don't forget to use our promo code 2TONE to get 10% off any purchase. That's hangtn.com, the official Titan shop of 2TONE Uncensored. Tighten up. You're listening to 2TONE Uncensored. 
Hey, this is Bo Scaife. You listening to Two Tone Uncensored. Tighten up. All right, thanks for staying tuned with us during that quick commercial break. Right now, we are going to bring you, as promised, the AFC South Division Rivals Preview. We're going to take a look at each of these teams, uh, and after we give you our analysis of what they've done in the offseason and you know where they're headed, we are going then to let you know what we think they're going to do during the season, about how many wins we should expect out of these division rivals. So let's start off here with the lowly Jags. Finishing 3-13 and last year, the Jaguars have not been in the playoffs for a very long time. Uh, again, made big moves in the offseason trying to make that a thing of the past. So, let's start with you, Glenn. How do you think the Jags did in the offseason this year? This is a better offseason than last year. Last year was a pretty good offseason. You know, the the biggest thing is they added Leonard Fournette. They added uh, Westbrook to give them some speed at the receiver position to go along with two very established guys. We'll see what Cam Robinson turns into. But, you know, I, they, they, made a, they had a really good draft, made some solid pickups. They've improved themselves as much this year as they did last year. Whether that means they get six wins or not, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what it translates into with that team. They've got a new front office, new coach. They could win nine. They might win six. Yeah, I think obviously the front office change is going to be a big swing, but I don't think that necessarily happens this season. If they can fix the O-line issues, obviously they'll improve greatly. I just looked at their schedule real quick, and realistically, I it's hard to see six wins, to be honest with you. If they were to win one of our games, that puts them at five wins in my mind. But I, I, I want to say four wins. Yeah, getting Leonard Fournette was a big one, um, obviously. They had problems in the running game. I think that is why you saw Bortles drop F as harshly as he did. You know, I think he's still a decent quarterback, but when you have nothing else, <laughs> when you have nothing else outside of that, you know, it's hard for any quarterback, unless you're a stellar quarterback, to succeed. You know, the the Tom Brady's of the world can play a game without a running game and win. The Blake Bortles of the world are not going to be able to do that. So that obviously a huge upgrade for them. Getting a guy like Cam Robinson. You know, I thought that was a good pickup for them. You know, getting him where they got him was good value. Overall, I think that Jags, as much as I hate to say it, they had a good draft. I thought they did well, you know, addressing needs, getting good value. Uh, You know, it wasn't all wins in my eyes, but I I think they did a a good job overall. They're going to be a better team. The thing is, is like when, at what point does it come together? They had a really good offseason last year, and they won three games this year. You know, when does it all come together? When, you know, there has to be a breaking point eventually where the Jags are a tough team, where they win, you know, more than eight games in a season. And, you know, like Glenn said, it's hard to gauge because you don't know if you're going to get the same return on investment that you normally do with the Jaguars or if the talent they have accrued finally, you know, clicks and this team, you know, makes a run at the division. I'm saying for right now, I think – they do get a little bit better than last year, but I don't expect them to get a lot better. I don't think that they are going to be true contender for the AFC South. With the talent that they have on that team, I just don't think that they are going to be one of the teams at the top fighting with us, because um, I do believe we'll be there, for the AFC title spot. 
I know you guys mentioned a little bit what you think they're going to be. What's your your final say here? How many games are the Jags going to win next season? Five. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to one dollar six. Even though I just said four a minute ago, <laughs> I, I, I just think that uh, ultimately, until they the, the shitty thing about them being so bad for so long is they get top five picks annually. So eventually that's going to turn around. But in my opinion, ultimately until they get rid of Blake Bortles and move on from him, that's when they're going to make this jump, I think. But I'll go ahead and say also probably about five wins. I would say this is probably Bortles last year. If he, if he doesn't succeed with what they're doing this year, I think they move on. Oh, wow. Bold words there. I don't, you know, that could be true. Love the Bortles. I do not love Bortles. <laughs> Bortles. <laughs> the Bortle. <laughs> Bortle Gurgler. I know Matt's just keeping his answer short because he wants to get down to the Texans, but... Can't, can't wait. Um, no, I mean, I, I guess I could see that. For me, I'm going to agree 100% with what Glenn said. Five wins. That's where I see them at. Maybe, you know, six. I just don't see this team turning around this year. Uh, I think... They obviously, like Matt said, they're a perennial top five pick. So eventually it has to work out, right? Like mathematically, it has to work out one year, at least one year where you're a playoff team or at least in contention for a playoff team. Um, But I just don't think it's going to be this year for the Jags. I think they did improve. I think they will get better. But the problem for them is every team in the AFC South did improve this offseason. Every team in their division is going to be better. That is hurts them the most. Also, you know, the schedule is not the easiest in the world. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a tough – or the schedule outside of the division, obviously, uh, not going to be very easy for them. So, uh, I think it's going to be five wins. Next team here is the Indianapolis Colts. Last year finishing 8-8, eight and eight, which put them at third place in the division. How do you feel the Colts did this offseason – I think they improved a lot in the places that needed to improve. They had a really good draft, you know, for who they are. The players may not play, turn, turn it around this year, but they added some quality players to their defensive secondary. They got some linemen in there. You know, they're doing things to make a difference with their defense, which has been their problem. And then also getting Zach Banner in their regard should help out their offensive line. I would say the Colts had a a pretty good draft, and that's all due to their new GM. Um, When Grigson left, you know, that sucks for us because now we have to really watch. We're to the point now where we can take this division, but now that they let go of that baggage, you know, they're really in prime position to uh, excel. Fortunately for us, they still have a lot of holes on their team, and I don't know that Marlon Mack is going to fill avoid that Frank Gore is probably going to leave. I think every year I say that Frank Gore is, is done and every year he, he comes back as, as a solid player. He's nothing special, but he, he's like ageless. He doesn't go away. And that, that has to run out sooner or later. I say it every year and he's, you know, he stays consistent. Um, but time has got to catch up to him and I, I'm, I'll do it again. I think this is going to be the year. So, uh, but but Andrew Luck does not have all the pieces around him. This is his first draft with the new GM, so I think it will in, in the coming years get a lot better for him. They obviously got to protect him. I don't know if they've answered those questions for the O line, but um, we really need to get get in shape now 
you know, while they're still deflated, so to speak, uh, because I think that they are going to improve for the next couple of years uh, dramatically. Yeah, one thing you got to understand, and I know a lot of Titans fans may disagree, but in this one you're wrong. Andrew Luck is a great quarterback. It sucks to say, as much as we hate to admit it, he is really damn good. And we have to plan for that. When he gets the pieces in place, he's going to be tough to beat. And that is something that, you know, with Ryan Grigson, luckily, he was the anchor that weighed Andrew Luck down for us. Now he's gone Chris Ballard's in, and he had a good draft. You know, it's definitely scary. They improved on the defenses where they, you know, they needed the most help, obviously. Andrew Luck just can't step back there and outscore, you know, opponents week in and week out by himself. It's obviously a team game. No player's going to win the game by himself. This team really improved. I think they had a really good draft. They got, you know, Malik Hooker, and then right after that, Quincy Wilson, who was a corner that I really liked. You know, I know everybody has questions about the, the speed. I just I don't think his 40 time is accurate for how fast he actually plays the game. Uh, and then, really like Basham, went to you know, the same school that he went to. I'm at uh, OU right now as I'm recording this. He's uh, not OU. Oh, sorry, Ohio University. <laughs> <laughs> Bobcats. To be honest, I did get on people's ass at first when they said OU, but eventually they just get you get worn down and you're just like whatever it's OU. Uh, but yeah, he's a, a terrific player. You know, set record after record after record. Here with the Bobcats, a really good defense fan. going to, I think, really be better uh, than a lot of people expect because he comes from a small school, a small conference in the MAC. Uh, you know, I, I really think they did great on the front end of this draft, just like Glenn said. Towards the back, I have issue. Also, I think they could have addressed the offensive line a lot earlier. That is where I think we're going to be able to attack the Colts, and the Colts are going to have issue again this year, is they didn't do enough. Uh, to ensure Andrew Luck's health and to ensure Andrew Luck's safety, you know, behind that offensive line. They still have, I think, more than one hole on the offensive line starting, uh, let alone their their lack of depth. Uh, That is where we're going to win games with the Colts, I think. That's where the Colts are going to lose more games than they probably should is they didn't address offensive line early enough or, uh, you know, hard enough. They didn't make it as big of a need as I think they needed to. You know, really, the question with Andrew Luck is, is will they get good before he gets broken? I've heard some national guys talk about Andrew Luck may never end up being the quarterback he should be just because he's taken such a beating these last few seasons. The, you know, he, he throws tons of interceptions because he's always getting his ass kicked back there. And the, the question is, you know, will he have a chance to really develop into that, you know, the, that true star player level before – the Colts offensive line gets him broken down and he ends up becoming another one of those guys that he could have been great, but never had the team around him. Right. Becoming the what if obviously they need to address it. I don't think they did enough this year. I think they did a lot on their defense. I think their defense is going to be improved. Uh, you know, over the next few years, as these guys mature, more guys come in. I think that defense will improve the offensive line. I think is still the big question uh, on the on Indianapolis Colts. I don't think they did enough. I know they got you know some guys late in this draft, but I don't think they did enough to ensure that this line is not going to be bad again. And you have good defensive lines in this league. The Jags are going to be able to bring pressure. They, you know they've 
drafted or signed about 156 different defensive and defense tackles. Eventually, it's got to work out. Um, you know, the Texans, you're going to have Clowney, who just figured out how to play in the NFL this season, and you're going to have J.J. Watt back. And then you're going to have to face the Titans. You know, they have Jarrell Casey. They have Carl Klug. You know, they have Arakbo and, and Derek Morgan. Every team you're going to play in your division knows how to get after the quarterback, and you're not doing enough to protect yours. And your quarterback is so important to your success, more than any other quarterback in our division. Without Andrew Luck, the Colts, you know, are going to definitely be the basement of the AFC South. They're, he is more important to the Colts than any other quarterback in our division is to their team. So if you're not going to protect them, you're not going to win football games. The thing is, though, I mean, you look at us two years ago, our secondary and our O-line were by far the worst two positions on our team. And in one year, we turned it around to, to a top five off offensive line. So, you know, I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, but at the same time, that can get turned around pretty quick. That is true, but also we drafted a guy at the offense at, at tackle really early in the draft. And usually that doesn't pan out when they do that. They take take the high tackles. Eric Fisher, you know. There's, there's well, plenty I mean, of guys it, it, you can name that, that don't pan out in the first round. I mean, it pans out far more often than a sixth-round pick, which I believe is what the Colts, you know, did this year to try to improve their offensive line. Touche. I'm just saying, um, we got we got starters on our line that went undrafted, so it is what it is. That is true. So, um, guys, for the Colts here, what would you say your final win tally for the Colts is going to be this year? Eight or nine wins. They're still too much of the same team from last year. They've got some developmental talent there that should make a difference so that maybe they get the nine probably nine is what i'm going to go with just because they have improved a little bit but the rest of the division did too so they're gonna have a much tougher road through this division this year nine is a fair assessment but since uh we are going to turn the tables and get two wins over the colts i'm gonna subtract two wins from your nine and go seven um i'm gonna go with eight and split the difference between you guys uh, I think they're going to be where they were last year. I think the team did get better, but like Glenn said, so did the rest of the AFC South. And I was going to bring up what you just brought up, Matt. We haven't beaten the Colts in the Andrew Luck era. Does that end this year? Got it better. Yeah, should have ended last year. So, I 100% agree there. I think we do end up getting a win this year. I don't know if we'll get both of them, hopefully, uh, but it definitely should end this year. And we'll... End off here with the team that just narrowly beat us out for the division title. Matt's favorite, the Clemson of the South, Houston Texans. Houston also, you know, a lot of people think that they had a really good draft this year. Quarterback, obviously still a question mark. Really good defense. And, and they have some weapons on offense. And they, they bring in Watson. They still have Tom Savage. So how do you think they did throughout the offseason here? They had a strong offseason, not a great offseason. They had to draft a quarterback because Tom Savage can't be your guy. And as good as I think Deshaun Watson will probably end up being, you know, and Matt can tell us more about him, but as good as I think he's going to be, I don't think it's going to be this year. Adding Zach Cunningham to that uh, linebacker core, getting Carlos Watkins in the fourth round, Julian Davenport doesn't blow me up in the fourth round, but he helps address their offensive line, which is – one of their bigger problems. That's why they can't run the ball very well. They, they they added some pieces that should contribute this year. 
and we'll see what happens going forward. You know, Kyle Fuller, seventh round center from Baylor, that doesn't drill anything for me. But, you know, maybe Davenport can turn something in. I, I'm curious as to what their real plan is, though, because they didn't address their offensive line, and that is a problem for them. And th- their defense is going to get better right away with some of the guys they got, and I don't know what else they're planning on doing with that offense because they will probably get worse this year, not better. Yeah, they improved for sure. Their draft was pretty solid. I think aside from the Clemson guys, I think Zach Cunningham is probably going to fill in nicely alongside and probably eventually replace Brian Cushing. I know he's he's getting up there, but their defense was stati- statistically one of the best, and they added to it. So as far as their offense goes, I do think Savage will get the first game. I don't think that's going to last very long uh, with Watson – Maybe by game week five or six, he takes over. But even then, I don't know that he's going to you know, get them to where they need to be this season. He will be their starter. I'm confident in that. I don't know that he's going to be a, an annual pro bowler by any means, but um, he's got what it takes to start in the league. And sucks that he went to Houston. It's just like there was really – I knew he wasn't going to the Colts, obviously. And, and during the draft, there's like, okay, there's only two teams he can't go to. And sure enough, he goes to one of them. So um, still dealing with that, <laughs> basically. But I, I think that he will probably by mid midseason be their starter. And he will surprise some people. For the, for the doubters, I don't think he's going to be much. And for the guys that took Mitch Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes and anybody else that went for him, uh, they're going to find out why they made a mistake. I kind of feel the same way you do with that, Matt. Uh, obviously a WVU fan here, but I'm at Ohio University, and both guys that went in the draft from Ohio University, you know, I got to know a little bit, uh, especially Blair, and, you know, talked to him and stuff, and then I was like, all right, you can go anywhere except for in the division, and both guys end up going, one to the Jags, one to the Colts, so obviously not very awesome. But uh, as for the Texans, I think this is the year they take a step back. I know that they did get better on defense. I know that defense is good. Here's the thing is the Titans were good last year because of what we were able to do outside of the division. If, you know, we keep growing, we're, we're getting better, obviously. It's going to improve what we can do inside of the division. We're still going to be a good team outside of the division. The Texans struggled outside of the division, but they were able to get a lot of wins within the division. That was a huge key factor to their success last year. I think they're not going to be able to get as many wins within a division this year. Uh, You can't win without a quarterback. Tom Savage is not the guy. I think Deshaun Watson has the ability to be good down the road. I don't see it in his rookie year, though. I don't think he's going to be spectacular coming out. He has a lot to learn going from you know, a more spread offense to a pro system. It's a lot to, to learn. And now you have to learn how to run a complicated NFL offense. And I know the Texans' offense isn't, you know, by far the most complicated in this league, but it is still an NFL offense. There's a lot of nuances that you have to learn. So I think there's going to be obviously a learning curve there. I do expect Deshaun Watson to start. I Just like Matt said, week five, week six, he'll be out there. I do believe that, just because they don't have anybody else besides Tom Savage. So you're going to have to force him in at some point. That's going to be a big reason why they don't succeed. There is talent on that offense. There's a ton of talent on that defense. But they're not going to be as lucky in the division this year. I think they lose both to Tennessee. I think they'll be lucky to win one against the Colts. And I think they might even lose one to the Jaguars this year. 
That defense is not going to be able to do enough to overcome how bad that offense is, especially if they get any kind of injuries like he did last year with J.J. Watt. Um, you know, Clowney has an injury passed. If you lose someone like that, there's no way. Uh, there's no way this year with as good as the teams are, are getting, you know, the Jags finally have a running game. Tennessee finally has a, a receiver that is a reliable number one target. There's These teams are getting better on offense. You're going to have to find a way to stop them completely because your offense can't score. I think the Texans take back a huge jump back this year. They're not huge because it, it's not like they set the world on fire last year. Uh, but they're not going to be anywhere near first place uh, at the end of the season because they will not be able to get those wins within the, within the division, and they're not going to be able to get them outside of the division. So, Glenn, how many wins do we see out of the Texans this year? I dropped back to six. You know That defense is worth six wins. I don't know what they're going to do on the offense because they're going to have, have any choice but to run the ball. But their offensive line isn't a great running offensive line. And you're trying to figure find your way with – Two question marks at quarterback, and we, we've all you know, covered Watson at this point. We we expect him to be good at some point, but not today. So I, I'm going six wins on him. They had absolutely nobody at quarterback last year. How many wins did they have? Ten? Nine. I mean, nine. Nine. Okay. Okay. I think That's... they're worse this year than they were last year. I think that. They are probably going to surprise you guys. I'm not saying they're and they're they're probably. I do feel we're the best team in the division. I don't think they're much better than the Colts or in a better position than the Colts. But I would put them probably right at eight wins. I, I think they're the the next best thing to us in the division right now. Definitely Clemson South. <laughs> Clemson North is but. Is uh is Buffalo Bills and I don't ever talk about them, but um, <laughs> hey man, when 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 you produce talent, I mean they they got to go somewhere. I don't know what to tell you. I'm gonna uh, agree with Glenn. It's gonna be on the lower end. I'm actually gonna go with five games. Uh, that the Colts still have a liability on their offensive line. They still they did get slightly better on the offensive line. Still definitely a liability, but they got better on defense. And now you're gonna play a better defense. Now you're gonna play. Uh, a tougher Titans defense. The Jags defense sure as fuck has to get better sometime. As much money as they've put into it, it sure as hell has to get better. So, you know, you're not going to be able to throw Tom Savage out there or throw a rookie out there and win games. You're not going to be able to consistently do that throughout the season. I really think they take a step back, and I think the Indianapolis Colts are the team that we have to beat in the division this year. I'm going to go with five wins for the Texans. There's a game at the, I believe, week 12-ish. December 3rd is the day. Titans play the Texans at home. I think that game is going to be very meaningful. Write it down. It very well could be. And, you know, the thing is, is like Matt said, they won a lot of games last year with Osweiler at the quarterback. I don't think Savage is as good as Osweiler because he can't take advantage as deep down the field to me. I mean, he is a big arm guy, but I just, I, as bad as Osweiler was, I think Osweiler was a better fit at quarterback for them than Savage is. So I don't see how they get better with the choice between Savage and Watson this year. So, you know, it could surprise us. That they Maybe they do end up having a, a better run game and, take the pressure off the quarterback but they remind me a lot of the Jaguars all of a sudden where the defense is good and the offense is incomplete 
Lamar Miller had a, a quiet but a good year last year. That yeah. was a big part of it, too. I, I think he's a better running back than his offensive line is for him. So, Yeah, definitely. I think Lamar Miller is absolutely a good running back. Um, I think even with Miami, they didn't run the ball enough for Lamar Miller to really shine. I think he's he's never really gotten a fair shake to show the NFL exactly how good he is. But, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league. We all know that that you have to be able to have a guy that can throw it down the field. I think Osweiler is definitely better than Tom Savage. But you also look like you're not going to be able to throw the ball all over Tennessee this year. You know, they're going to be a little bit better adding talent into that secondary. You're not going to be able uh, to throw the ball all over Indianapolis this year, even with a, like, with a crappy quarterback especially. They did get better on defense. You know, Jaguars, you know, another team, their pass rush – if it comes together, the pass rush is going to be nasty. Now, it's the Jaguars, so we'll see if it ever comes to fruition or not. But the defenses are going to be harder. They're not you know, the one good defense in a division of crappy defenses. They're going to be probably still the best defense in a division of good defenses. It's a little weird to me to think that we are probably the most complete team in the division. And I still have question, secondary questions, so we'll see, but... You know, it really is odd that two years later from where we just were, we, we can have that conversation and not just be, you know, crackhead, you know, Homer fans. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a big question mark in secondary. But other than that, I don't see many uh, glaring holes. No, not really at all. Um, so I asked you for the Colts already, but for the Jags and for the Texans going up against Tennessee, Obviously, two games apiece. How many games do we win against the Jags this year? Is it still another one-in-one split, uh, or do we finally break that? And for the Texans, how many games do we win against them this year? I think we go one-in-one against everybody in the division this year. I think we find a way to lose to the Texans just for the hell of it. It's easy to say one-in-one. I can do that for the Jags and the Texans, but I, I think that we come to play against the Colts both times this year, and I think we can get them both times. I thought we were going to do that this year, and they let me down pretty bad. So, <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm going to say that we go one-and-one one with the Colts. You know, I, I think that the Colts are an up-and-coming team. You still have Andrew Luck. I think we're going to split those. But even getting a one win against the Colts will feel nice. I think we... Texans is hard to call. I can see us end up giving up a game to Houston. You know, just out of, you know, you got to lose a couple every year. And it seems like no matter how good you are, you lose at least one head scratcher. So, you know, it could be, for right now, I'll say we'll go one and one against the Texans. I think we put the sweep on the Jags, so I don't think Jacksonville will beat us this year. Uh, I think that we finally get away from the one one, you know, splitting the series like we do every year with Jacksonville, it seems like. And. This coming season, we put the sweep on and we win both games. But that's about all we have for the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Soon to come is our position breakdowns, uh, just as we did last year. If you listened, we're going to go position by position, get you up to date, You know, introduce you to a lot of these new guys you don't really know, give you our insight onto the veterans and where they're standing with uh, the team right now and how we think they will look. So definitely be looking forward to that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to my awesome co-hosts, Matt and Glenn. And as always, tighten up. Always good to be. Shut up. So it's good to be good. No no gooders. Decker. Decker. uh, Taylor was awesome. Conklin. Where the hell? There. Okay, sorry.
There you go. All right, let, let me start over. I'll play Madden here for a second. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Two Tone Uncensored podcast. You can listen to the show at twotoneuncensored.podbean.com or by downloading the Podbean app on your mobile device. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Two Tone Uncensored and like us on Facebook. <laughs>